0: Hello and welcome to Talk D93, Community Consolidated School District 93's podcast hosted by me, Superintendent Dr. David Hill. In it, I sit down from time to time with amazing CCSD 93 staff members and other key figures who impact our district to have conversations about specific CCSD 93 programs, services, roles, events, history, and more. As CCSD 93 continues to celebrate our 100th anniversary as a school district this year, I could not be more excited to welcome today's guest, Mr. John DeBuno, who served as CCSD 93's second full-time superintendent from 1982 until 1996. Welcome, John. Glad to be here, David. John, thank you so much for being here. Today, we'll discuss a bit about CCSD 93's history during your tenure as superintendent. My first question, can you start by giving us a little background on your education and professional career leading up to your superintendency?
1: Certainly. As all superintendents do, you know you have to start somewhere, and that was in the classroom, and I was a teacher, I was an assistant principal, I was a principal, I was an assistant superintendent, and finally I became a superintendent. This, is, this was the only superintendency I ever had was in district 93. I was also a special ed coordinator. I have, a, I have a sister who has polio, and I always had a special interest in that area. All my degrees are in the state of Illinois. They came from North Central, Northern Illinois, uh, National Louis, and uh, that's where it is. Wonderful.
0: What did you consider your main objectives during your tenure as superintendent, and
1: how were those accomplished? Well, actually, all my objectives were accomplished with the hard work of many people, uh, because you certainly can't do these things by yourself. The biggest thing we had in 93 when I came was that we had more students than we had desks for or room for. So we were in a, we were in a real bind as far as student population was concerned. We uh, went to referendum to build schools, and we, in my tenure we had uh, seven referendums. And, oh, I feel so successful because we passed four and lost three. And if you know anything about time spent on a referendum, uh, you know that's quite a bit of the year. So that was seven referendums out of 14 years that I was here. Uh, we rented uh, Everett Dirksen School, and we at the time we were a K-5, 6, seven, eight school district, and we moved all fifth graders and all sixth graders out of the district to Dirksen School. It was close to 600 kids, and I can remember sitting in my office watching those buses go by and coming back every day and counting them and that was my that was one of my objectives to make sure we had as many coming back as we sent out so we then went when they came back after three years we went to uh, a k four five six seven eight buildings because that that was we we could house that and at the same time we uh, you know, we had to, we opened, I opened one school, Elsie Johnson School, when I got here my first year. And after that, we built two schools Western Trails and, uh, no, not Western Trails. It wasn't Western Trails, it was uh, Heritage Lakes. Mm. And uh, we also built Stratford Junior High School. We built additions on all the other schools at the same time. Felt like the 14 years I was here, we were always building something and which was great. I don't remember a time without us building anything, and so we had to spend a lot of time with architects, lawyers, developers, and uh, that took up quite a bit of time for us. The other part of that was is that uh, we were the first school district in the state of Illinois that got the legislators to uh, give us a 5 cent increase on our levy because of renting of a school outside the district. And uh, that took a little bit of legislative work down and down in Springfield, but that worked out fine. Some of the future things we did was, what I feel proud about was that we uh, worked on the TIF. Uh, we never received any money in my time for the TIF because that was down the lane. But we had a, you know, you had to work with uh, the community and get their support. You had to work with the fire department, you had to work with the park district and You know, District 87 at that time and everybody else, and that worked out fine for us because I I think after I left, that that gave uh, District 93 an opportunity to get some money, Mm -hmm. some finances. So
0: a tax increment financing district, which is what a TIF is, where was the TIF in our area that you worked on?
1: The TIF in our area was south of Army Trail Road, east of Gary Okay. Uh, does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and it comes and it came all the way back down to uh, almost, I think, North Avenue. Okay. Yeah, you know, different spots. Right.
0: So the TIF but, was basically designed to help increase business and absolutely, provide absolutely. opportunities Absolutely. Absolutely. And it took a while businesses. though to get
1: going. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of there, You know, there were some there were some farmers who had property in there that didn't want to sell, but they did. It, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think basically our objective was to deal with the growth in the district at the time, and also uh, working with staff. I mean, that was a big objective, is to, to get the staff together. We seemed to be, at that time, going in different directions, and we needed to just get back together again. And we did.
0: Mm-hmm. We did. So obviously with, with large growth, not only you worry about buildings, but you're worried about hiring staff. So I'm sure you hired a lot of staff during that time and trying to get everyone heading in the right direction.
1: That's a great comment, because we were hiring people all the time. I mean, it was just like every every year we had a lot of people. I couldn't give you numbers, but we had a lot of people, which meant also because of our, our financial situation, which wasn't good, we were hiring a lot of young people right out of school. So in a short amount of time, we had a real young staff, a real young staff. So, and... Hard working group of people. I don't think, uh, you know, there wasn't a person that we hired that we had to let go. They were all very good people.
0: But that certainly put some challenges on you and your staff to provide professional development to have them improve their craft. When well, it did. When fresh out of it college. Did. It uh,
1: it put a lot of pressure on our uh, building administrators because uh, they weren't accustomed to working in that way with, with closely with staff. I'm going to interject something here in that... Uh, One of my own objectives was to spend time with the staff. Uh, I came out of a situation where I was very active in classrooms all the time uh, with the things that I did. And when I got here, I can tell you in the 14 years that I was here that I would would be in schools every day. I would be in at least two schools every day, for sure. And uh, I got to know the staff very well. Uh, They didn't see me as the guy that lived over there they saw me as the guy that was walking their halls or going into their schools or, or classes. <clears throat> my first year here, I was extremely concerned about the quality of education because I came out of a program where I was deeply involved with it. That I personally evaluated every non-tenure teacher and staff my first year. And uh, I just needed to know where we were. We progressed a long way after that first year.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> speaking of you being in the buildings, um, I am honored to be a superintendent in such a great school district, but some of the things that you did I, I hear stories about from time to time, and the thing that I think that amazes me the most is I'm told by people that have been here a very long time that you knew the name of every employee in the district. You knew who their spouse was. You knew who their children were. How, how do you do that?
1: If you're going to have people that work for you and they're going to do the best they can, they need to know you. I mean, the more, the more I got to know the staff, the better I realized what their capabilities were. And I was interested in them. It wasn't, it wasn't some kind of a hoax that I put out there, but I was, I was interested. You know, I like being superintendent. Uh, it was all new to me, and as I, as I mentioned earlier, that wasn't my final goal in education, was to be a superintendent. I, you know, I was happy at what I was doing because I was spending a lot of time with kids. Uh, When I was a building principal, I knew all the kids. Uh, So it it was just a carryover for me. It was important for me to know those people and for them to see and know me. I valued that relationship. Uh, I had no problem with walking into a a school and walking down the hall or just stepping into a room and and sitting down and being able to have some 24-year-old teacher refer to me as John. It wasn't Mr. Superintendent, I mean, I was there. Mm-hmm. And when they and it was the same thing with principals. Principals, uh, I, I think principals felt very comfortable that I was in their buildings. I mm-hmm. was very supportive of principals, very supportive of principals. Yeah. The only time I ever really had meetings in my office was when it was the last meeting. You know, when I, had, when I had to have a conversation with a teacher or a principal, it was on their turf. It wasn't on my turf. I'd go to them.
0: So other than, obviously, the uh, tremendous enrollment growth of our district, were there other, other challenges you faced during your superintendency?
1: One of the challenges was is to, when I first came on board, was to get the staff to realize that they were a professional staff and there wasn't this us-and-them theory on how things were going. Remember, they had been out of a contract for two years, and so they, none of them got a pay. None of them moved on the salary schedule, and, uh, you know, it— I came in, and fortunately for me, we were able to change that. Well, that gave me status right away that they got more money right away. Of course, they were due that money for two years, so that worked out. And uh, dealing with the growth was a big issue because you were dealing with developers, all kinds of developers. I mean, uh, I was fortunate that uh, I had my background uh, working with contractors, and I, I enjoyed that too uh and that was that was my thrust. My thrust was to be out to see what was going on. I had my own hard hat, so when I left the building, I had my hard hat on, and I was going. You know I never had to wear the hard hat in a building <laughs> but uh, on the new buildings. Hmm. That was it we had to we had to one of the one of the accomplishments we had was we finally were able to stabilize our tax uh base, so you know we our levy and we we, we that worked out for us. So we had things going. And in in time, and I couldn't say it happened immediately, but in time, our test scores rose. So uh, things were working for us, working with the teachers, working with the administrators. Things started to happen, which Mm -hmm. was really good. When I left, I I felt very good about leaving. But then again, I've got to tell you, uh, when I came to the central office here, there was myself, a business manager, who you worked for or with, Paul Dart. Paul, Dart. Paul yes, Dart. I worked with Paul Dart. And uh, there was a director of curriculum, and that was it. Well, that grew as, you know, we had a personnel person. We had a special ed person. Mm-hmm. We filled some of those vacancies with great people, just great people. Mm-hmm. So not only
0: are you dealing with enrollment and, and hiring teachers, but you're also hiring central administrative staff to help you deliver right. your goals for the That's district. That's right.
1: They, they, they uh, really loosened up my time, and but maybe the kind of person I wanted to be
0: any other interesting facts or items of note during your tenure as superintendent in District 93?
1: One of the things that I liked was that when I left the principalship, I began teaching at NIU at night in their graduate program and also at National. And uh, I personally, that goes back to my wanting to deal with teachers, dealt with graduate students. You know, I had, class, I had a class every semester, every quarter, uh, all the way into my last year as a superintendent. Uh, and back to your question of finding time, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. You just set priorities. You just set priorities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was good with that. I was I was happy with all that. I left on good terms. Mm-hmm. No one said, here's the door. Though I think I heard that a couple times. <laughs> it didn't happen. But that was what it was. And I, I am so appreciative of... Uh, Elsie Johnson and what she did to bring the district there. And I'm also appreciative of, of the, the, the superintendents that followed me because they're taking it someplace else. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's all about. Mm-hmm. I retired happily, very happily.
0: Well, the district is where it is today in, in large part for your efforts during your time as superintendent, so it is greatly appreciated. Thank um, you. John, this has been a fascinating conversation. I thank you so much for being here and sharing a little bit about your tenure and how CCSD93 grew during your time here. Thank you. Talk D93 listeners, please subscribe to Talk D93 on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. And don't miss a thing from CCSD93 by following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also find me on Twitter at drhilld93. Join us next time for a conversation with CCSD 93's third full-time superintendent of schools, Dr. Hank Jimetro, as we discuss his tenure.